Coming up this time, words of wisdom for Cluffy's wing wizard. He never spoke about the opposition. Whoever I played against fullbacks, it was what I was going to do. When you can, have a go at them. Don't overdo it so you know they're going to reach a game. You make them think, what's he going to do? How Cluffy was years ahead of his time. Cluff believed in getting the ball down, playing with the tempo, working out to get it back. And he used to say to us, that the bad team will give you the ball back because they won't have the composure on the ball. Everything what Buddy all of them's doing now, Cluff did years ago. And why imitation really is the sincerest form of flattery, even if you do get caught out. Because I'm the boss and that's what matters. And you'll be thanking me years down the line, lads. And everything turned out right. We used to have a meeting in the boardroom on a Friday morning. Yeah. And I got away with murder, so the lads would wind me up to take him off. <laughs> We're in there after training now past 12, and I'm giving like a tea talk doing Cluff and Martin and Rob over the to be so-and-so. And they, they knew they got one of the lads out there waiting to see him come out of the office coming down. Yeah. And then he must have sneaked back in. Go on, T. It's going to be another half an hour. They'd take him off to a tea talk, and then he'd come in like... <laughs> I mean, he started laughing. Yes. You know, he's yes. sit down, young man. Yes. There's not another manager like me. Hello, I'm Marcus Alton from the tribute website brianclough.com and welcome along to the second part of my interview with the Magic Maverick. Terry Curran was one of Cluffy's early signings at Nottingham Forest, but left before the European glory days. You'll hear more about that in this part of the interview. But first, he's been telling me how he originally turned down other clubs to play for Clough. I could have definitely gone to Everton, Tottenham, Sheffield United. Definitely. Right? Yes. I spoke to them like I spoke to Clough. You know, but I, I knew I was going to... And they, those three clubs were in the first division. Yeah. So I yeah. knew where I was going, uh, and yeah. it was the greatest um, achievement, you know, to get one of, uh, for me, is, is the elite of the elite. And I mean, I laugh at it, but I still think it's the best quote I've ever read in my life, better than Churchill or anyone. Uh, when someone asked me, you know, is he the best manager in the in the country? And he said, well, I'm certainly in the top one. Yes. You know, that it's was his character. And you know when he made he made you believe that you were the you were the one. And every club I've been at, every club I have been at has had some form of success. Marvin Sunderland. If we go back to the the, the time of August seventy seven, and and you weren't in the team that had just got promoted to the first division, you weren't in the starting eleven. Um, obviously, you then decided that you wanted to start and you weren't you weren't there and you wanted to leave. But Cluffy, I understand, did try to persuade you to stay. What what did he well, say? To, what did he I'll say tell to you? you? Listen, everything he told me was right. Now put yourself mm. Mm. as a professional footballer. This man is telling everyone what's wanting to listen that I'm going to be the next best thing. Forest it's a bad patch. They hadn't won for a month. They had not won for a month. Mm. And he, the physio would always say to me, the, the boss has been asking how are you, you know, how long is he going to be, so, 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 and so. And it come to the time where I was ready to go and join in to train. Clough come into the dressing room, into the physio room, when he knew I was going to go ahead to go and train. He said, young man, I've been told you're ready to come and train. I want you in tomorrow, 10 o'clock. 
he made me do 20 laps around the pitch. Right? When I come in, yeah. when I, he come in, he said, get changed, I guess. In. I'm thinking I'm going to get a ball, there's no balls. He made me do 20 of it. Right? Yeah. And he shouted from, well done, young man. You can come and join him with us on Monday. So he wanted to see me do 20 laps. Uh, yeah. Played a few games, reserve games, and they did they did a sticky patch, Marcus. They hadn't won for Monday, it's a sticky patch. And I think he threw me in at the deep end. He threw me in at uh, Eddieford. Yeah. That was my first game back. I scored the winning goal. We played at Carlisle. I put a chance on for Woody. To this day, I don't know how he missed it. But as all players, as all players, all great goal scorers, Woody's a great goal scorer, I'm not about him missing it. We've all missed him. I've missed one. I, there's one come from a crossbar when I play for Doncaster over. He's bounced on the line and I've headed it back over by. You think, have I done that? And then we were playing either Notts County or Southampton. I think it was Notts County. Yeah. And he pulled me in and he said, and he said to me, young man, you've done brilliant but I'm going to leave you out. I had to finish with that injury. I'm going to be serious now. He said to me, look, I had to finish with that injury. That's what made me finish as a young man. Yeah. You know, I want to ease you in gently. I want to look after you. Right. And I lost it. I tell him, I says, look, I said, shove your team up your backside. I slammed the door of his office. I said to him, shove your team up your <laughs> Not in a, not in what you think, because I had so much respect for him. Right. And you see, you're laughing. I can see him now. His desk were there. His feet's up on the desk. Right? His hands behind his, his head. Yes. I let go of that. I slammed the door that hard. It fell down. It came off the hinges and fell down. It must have been loose. It has to have been loose. Right? And it fell down. And he is doing what you were doing, but he's got his hands behind his head, his feet up there, and laughing his head off. <laughs> and it was so angry inside. Uh, and he's laughing at much making it worse. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, what, I bet. What had happened there? Uh, John Middleton mm. in between and uh, ex-player at Forest, the goalkeeper. Mm. Clough thought big things of him, but obviously it didn't work out for Johnny. Went bought Peter Shilton. Uh, phoned me up. Tommy Doc wants to sign you. Right. But Clough had set off this, that season. I think they played Arsenal away first match, was it? Or was it Everton? Everton, not yes. Sure. Everton, that's it. Everton. He set off with, you know, he gave the lads a chance. I'm pretty sure the won. And I wanted to play. I really wanted to play, you know. Um, and he said to me, look, you'll get back in. I'm just going to ease you back in steadily. We'd had a decent, a good pre-season, not a decent, a good pre-season. We'd signed Kenny Burns, Larry Lloyd. This pre-season had gone really well. And I just wanted to, you know, get back in and show the fans, you know, that I'm ready to come back. But the won. And then I think, I didn't think they got beat for, well, I think they went on a run, which were un unbelievable, weren't it? Yes, yes. And he used to say to me, look, young man, calm down. I think you're a top player. I think you're going to play for England. You know, you've injured me. It's worse than what you thought it, it is. I had to finish with it. I was impatient. And everything he, t he said to me turned out right. But when I look at it, the injury was a bad injury. Because at Forest, I was like lightning quick. Mm. I was still quick. I was still very quick. But at Forest, up to the injury, I was lightning. And I mean lightning quick, you know. Yeah. And I was, I wasn't a knothead because I respect people. But I wanted to play, you know, I don't want to sit on a bench. I don't want to sit on a bench for 
for Man United. I don't want to sit on the bench for Arsenal. I don't want to sit on the bench for Sheffield Wednesday. I want to play. And he was giving me good advice. But Tommy Dock was tapping me up through, through uh, John Middleton, you know, and he was saying that he's going to put me straight into team. He'll put me straight into team. I shouldn't be played. He shouldn't be in team. You've got to go asking for a move. And it, one day, I think he just said, I've had enough of you asking for a move. When, he, when they agreed the fee, the Derby County, and this again, Marcus, I'm not bothered what anybody else thinks. He got a tear in his eye. He mm -hmm. said to me, I was in his office, mm -hmm. Uh, we can smiles and it, little tears were coming down he said you'll regret the day you'll leave me because I will win a European Cup oh. but he told a lie because he won two he won two he did yeah right he believed it mm. he believed it but everything he said and I, I, I shouldn't have I should have shouldn't have been impatient but anybody what knows me I want to play yeah. You know, yeah. so he was the greatest manager. And I'm not saying that because he said about me. You have to be in a dressing room. He never spoke about the opposition. Whoever I played against fullbacks, he never said to me, he's, you know, he's weak on his left side. Mm. You know, it was what I was going to do. When you can have a go at him, don't overdo it so you know they're going to read your game. You know, you make them think, what's he going to do? What he achieved at Nottingham Forest, and well, that'll be counted, but what he achieved at Forest, he's won, he won everything a league title, two European Cups, I think four League Cups. Four League it? Cups, yeah, yeah. Everything about him, Marcus, he was a gentleman. But when he when he was on TV, when he came across, you can see why people think he was arrogant, but he would never like that in real life with us. If one of the lads had turned around and say, say something about why they weren't playing or why we should be doing we should be doing this. And he would listen to him. Right? And you will have heard it. He'd let everybody talk, or whoever he was, he'd let him talk, and then he'd turn around and say, like Martin once said, <laughs> said to him one day, he said, Boss, why am I in reserves? He says, Because we haven't got a 13 young man. <laughs> yes. You know. But he was kind hearted, uh, and he did everything for players. And he always looked after the wives and everything else like that. You know, yeah, yeah. But he turned around. And, well, after you say something, he turned around and said, "Because I'm the boss, and that's what matters. And it's me what will win uh, a European Cup, or yes. win an FA Cup, or a league title. And you'll be thanking me years down the line, lads." And everything he said turned out right. I've got to say that is, that is a brilliant impersonation as well. Uh, you, you've got that off to a T now. That's, that's really. I'll tell you why I got it off to it. Just one second. I'll tell you why I got it off to a T. We used to have a meeting in the boardroom on a Friday morning. Yeah. And I got away with murder, so the lads would wind, wind me up to take him off. <laughs> right? And so we're in there after training, now past 12, and I'm giving like a team talk, doing Clough and Martin and Rob over the same to me, so-and-so. And they, they knew, they got one of the lads out there waiting, and they wait, waited to see him come out of the office coming down. Yeah. And then he must have sneaked back in. Go on, team. It's going to be another half an hour. Take him off to a team talk, and then he'd come in like <laughs> brilliant. It, 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 I mean, he started laughing. Yes, you know, he's, yes. sit down, young man. Yes, there's not another manager like me. You know, brilliant, absolutely. I, I just wanted to play, and yeah, you know, frustrated. I wanted to play. The injury caused me a big problem. Yes, not with the manager, yes. not with the manager, because yeah. I can tell everybody else this. Three times when I left there, he tried to sign me, Marcus. 
Afterwards. Once at Wednesday, once mm. at Sheffield United, and once at Everton. When we beat him 3-1 up at Goodison, I was on loan, and he said to me, Paul Mason, why don't you come back and play for me, young man? I said, because this is going to be a good team, boss. And the next time I saw him, he said, you're right about football, young man. You do know something about football. <laughs> you know, and he smiled, you know. And Everton went on to win, obviously. Yes, you won a First Division medal. Yes, First Division medal. Uh, I should have won a, a cup winner's medal. Um, I walked out of the semi-final through frustration again. Mm. Another bad injury at, um, at Everton. I was out again for five months. Missed out on an FA Cup final, a League Cup final. So the two major injuries caused me major problems. You know, that's... That's luck for you all being unlucky, one or, one, one or the other. Or the you other. Know. Yes, yes. Now, you've written the book, um, Give Me the Ball, with the author John Brindley, and, and the details on how to buy that are in the show notes for this particular episode. But uh, in the book, you highlight the footballing principles you, you learned playing for Cluffy, and, and really, they're, they're still relevant today. Listen, football changes, make no mistake. Everything changes. We change as people. Cars get different. Mm. Look at the pictures today. But the principle is the same. The major people, what with major trophies, is ball on the floor, mm. play with the tempo, look to go forward. Not sideways, not backwards, not long. Yet, you could use a long ball or a long pass uh, when it gives you the advantage. Yeah. Not when you just put it to corners to try and win the second ball. The principles have never, ever changed. Uh, a club believed in getting the ball down, playing with the tempo, working out to get it back. And he used to say to us, you, the, the bad team will give you the ball back because they won't have the composure on the ball. Everything what Guardiola and them's doing now, Clough did years ago. And, and Clough played with three at the back sometimes. You know, your Guardiola's and your Klops do that mm. today. The boss were doing that. I would imagine he did it. I mean, I've seen clips of him when he was coaching at Derby County. You know, he believed in attacking in attacking formation. He knew that you needed to defend. That's why he bought top quality defenders. You know, yeah, he wanted yeah. defenders what could defend. John McGovern, listen, the amount of people what used to say to me when I was playing and when I left, I was John McGovern in that team. Puffy used to give McGovern more rollickings than anybody at that football club. More rollickings. And if you ask John McGovern, he, he wouldn't want to go out with Brian Clough for a drink. I would. What people need to understand about football, what Clough said to John McGovern was this, young man, get the ball, give it to Robertson, give it to Woodcock, or give it to Curran, or give it to O'Neill, whoever was playing. That's all I want you to do, break play up, because you can't play football, young man. You can't play football, right? No wonder why this lot having to go with you. Give the ball, as soon as you get it. Now, all the midfield players wanted it a 30-yard pass. Mm. John McGovern did the simple thing better than anybody else. Would I say he was a great player? No. But he was great at getting the ball and keeping the ball flowing, moving. That's it what was... John McGovern was brilliant at. And that's what Brian Clough saw that other people didn't see. And it was a vital role um, in, oh. in, in two European Cup winning teams. 
the different managers you played for, it reads like a you know a who's who of of, of management. You got obviously Tommy Doherty, Laurie McMenemy, Jack Charlton, Howard Kendall, all those as well as Cluffy. How did they compare, or how did Cluffy compare to those? Every one of them managers said to me personally, "Where have you got this talent from?" They said that to me personally. McMenemy wrote, "Covers got a very talent." He's got a rare talent that other players haven't got. i tell you a story about McManamy. Mm. Shangley just resigned at um, Liverpool. Yeah. We were playing uh, Everton. I played for Southampton. And he fetched Bill Shankling to give a team talk into the dressing room, right? Yeah. And he says to, Sh- to Shanks, he said, uh, Bill, who's the greatest player you've seen? And Shanks, you know, you know Shanks, yeah. he, Tom Finney's the greatest player I've seen in my life, Tom Finney. The best player I've ever seen in my life. Right? Alan Ball and all them are the all, all the Southampton. Like, this is in the dressing room itself. We're playing Everton to Goodison Park. And he turns around and he says to uh, Bill Shankley, he said, I've seen him do things in training would take your breath away. But Tom Finney couldn't do. And he's referring to you. And he, he said, yeah. he pointed and he said to me, Shanks, he said, You must be some player boy. And then after the game, he came up to me, he said, He's right, you can play football. You know, it was so they've all said it to me. Yeah. There weren't, you know, even players, Norman Hunters of this world, Tommy Smith's of this world, you know, players I've played against, Kenny Sampson's of this world, David Statham's have all said to me, We hated playing against you. Hated it. Because whatever you did, you would still keep coming running at us, you know. Yeah. And when you've got paid, it's the most frightening thing out. And what I'm trying to say is when you get all these managers saying these things to you, you know, this summer there but I got a love for Sheffield Wednesday and do I regret doing it no but it was the most silly thing in football I did coming out at first division to go and play in the third division because you're never going to get that uh, recognition in the third division mm. and I was really my last two my, my, last, say my last two games but Wolves and Everton I tore them apart Southampton. That's when he offered me a, a three-year contract, and I've been tapped up to go to Sheffield Wednesday with Jack. He knew I was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and I wanted to play for Sheffield Wednesday. You know, he didn't need me to. T- he, he, I didn't need him to tell me about Sheffield Wednesday because I, I got on bus, I got on train to to Wolves. I've been, I've, I've been in car with my mates, and used to go to to watch him play. So I know the, you know, what what the stadium were like. I know what the fans were like, uh, and it, what Jack said to me was if. If we can get this, he didn't say him. He said, if we can get this right, you'll be a legend in Sheffield. You know, I wish I had never got injured to see how my career would have gone. Yeah. And I had the greatest manager in, in my generation who absolutely adored me. In your original book, you talk about what you'd say if you see Cluffy in football heaven. So if he was up there now listening to this podcast... What would you say to him? You were right, as usual. You are the greatest what's ever been. And your football was proven. It's got the foundations to stand up to the Guardiolas of this world. Because if he'd have been a manager at a Man United or a Liverpool and that, you know, all the players wanted to play for him. Alan Ball, Charlie George. Charlie went there, didn't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. they went to the wrong end of the careers. 
So you were the best. And I, I did love his company. You are the greatest what we've had. And you should have been the English manager. And I would have won the World Cup for you, young man, I'd have said to him. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Terry Curran, it's been wonderful listening to your memories and, and stories. Thanks for sharing them with us. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for saying those things, what my boss said about me. Um, yeah, it, it, it's all it's true. It's really bringing a tear to me in. It's really bringing a tear to me I now thinking about it. Yeah. Because he was that good. He was that good of a manager. So... I hope I hope the all I hope all the Forest fans enjoy. It. I hope all the fans enjoy it. What do listen to it? What's not Forest fans? Yes. And thank you for inviting me on and letting me speak about the great man himself. And you know, we didn't have a falling out. It was just me being a young kid, a young kid and yeah. impatient. Brilliant. Take care. Bye bye. Uh, some great memories there from Terry Curran. And thanks to you for listening. You can send me your Cluffy memories and tributes. Just drop me an email at youngman@brianclough.com. I hope you can join me again next time when we'll share more memories of the great man in the green jumper.